Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 862. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is quality gear. Things that you might want to collect, but quite frankly, you just don't have time in your life to go out and try to find these things in the world. Not even with the internet. And besides, how do you know exactly what you want? Well, this just takes all the guesswork out. Loot Crate offers you an epic range of pop culture items for less than 20 bucks a month. It doesn't matter if it's for you or for someone else. Do, do it for both. Give yourself a present. Give someone else a present. For April, join us as we salute some of our favorite mystery solvers with items from Stranger Things, Batman, X-Files, Marvel's Jessica Jones. And then one lucky subscriber will also win a mega crate, including signed copies of Jessica Jones, alias volumes one through four. Uh, you have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe to receive that month's crate. When the cutoff happens, it's over. Head to lootcrate.com slash Nerdist and use the offer code Nerdist to save 10% off any new subscription today. Katie Levine, what's on the corkboard? One of our listeners, Jared Bierman, wrote in that he has start, he started the podcast a little late. Currently, he's on episode 363, but he's also an amateur toy photographer. And he does a lot of cool photography that I think our listeners would like. You can find him on Instagram at, at Beerman Photography. And that's Beerman spelled like Beerman. Okay. So cool last name. And then uh, <laughs> uh, a few great environmental groups in the Los Angeles area, like the Laurel Canyon Association, Mountains Recreation, Conservation Authority, Citizens for Los Angeles Wildlife, and the Laurel Canyon Land. Trust are trying to buy a mountain. They want to buy 17 acres of nearly pristine hillside in historic Laurel Canyon, and this will be maintained as open space, meaning no one can build on it, and uh, it'll just be home to animals and nature. They're looking for donations since buying a mountain is expensive. So, <laughs> how expensive find, is it to buy a mountain? Um, oh God, I think it was like 1.7 million. Okay. I forget, but um, if you, you can find out more info and you can uh, donate by going to letsbuyamountain.com. <laughs> that that's very easy to remember. Yeah. That's a good domain. Right? <laughs> Let's buy a mountain.com. That's delightful. Oh, I have another thing for the corkboard, Katie. Mm-hmm. I, I want to plug I want to plug one of my own things, if, if that's okay with you. Yes. Okay, great. Thank you. I just needed your permission. I just want to make sure it was cool. Um, the, uh, the new show I'm doing on AMC, Talking with Chris Hardwick. Yeah. Where someone might go, why would you do a Talking Dead show that's not about Walking Dead? Well, it's a fair question, but it's not. That's it. It's not about Walking Dead. So uh, they came to me and said, you know, what would you want to do on the Sunday nights when Walking Dead is not on? And I said, well, I would like to do a show that looks like Talking Dead, but is really spiritually the podcast and maybe a Comic-Con panel. So that's what we're doing. Uh, And the first episode is Sunday, April 9th at 11 p.m. Elijah Wood is my first guest. There's only one guest per show or one, you know, like a panel per show. The second episode is uh, some of the cast of Silicon Valley. Um, James Corden, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Connie Britton, um, Brian Cranston, Michelle Monaghan are some of the guests uh, this season. Charlie Hunnam. So, first of all, come be in the audience. If you go to One Iota, uh, you can get tickets to that or uh, just watch it when it airs. And we are also going to be putting out later in the week after it airs and the unedited audio. So, the TV version is edited down to whatever it is, 41 minutes or something. And then you know, I said, hey, let's put, it, let's put out, as a Nerdist podcast, the unedited audio. Yeah. So you'll get to experience it either way. So uh, that's on AMC. Please watch it. It would be really nice if you watch it. I'm excited. There's not really a long-form, fun chat show like this, particularly about the kind of genre space that we live in. So uh, too many short attention spans on TV <laughs> these days. Too much. And our next guest. And this next guest. And this other game. And this other thing. So I wanted to... This is, this is for people who, uh, you know, don't have to have short attention spans for everything. So I hope you enjoy it. It's been really fun to make. This episode is Allison Williams, who uh, I've been pals with for the past couple of years, and we've always talked about whenever you're out here, let's, we were never able to work the scheduling out, but it just so happens that Allison Williams is in one of the greatest 
horror movies Amazing of all time. Uh, Get Out, directed by, written and directed by Jordan Peele, which I, if you haven't seen yet, the numbers would seem to indicate that you have already seen this movie. <laughs> but if you haven't seen it, you absolutely should. It is a stunning film. And, uh, and, uh, and he has literally invented a genre, and Allison is fantastic in it. Uh, she's also uh, on the final season of Girls, Sunday nights, 10 p.m., HBO, and HBO Go slash HBO Now. Yeah, you can catch Dep- up on all of it if Depending you have, on how you, you get your HBO, you have a variety of HBO choices. <laughs> Uh, but they are all HBO programming, so uh, check it out. But Allison Williams is the absolute best, so I'm I'm glad we were finally able to sit down with her and have a chat. And Matt Myra sat in on this yes, one. He, he got he got he, you know he, he, he went on hiatus from the Goldbergs, <laughs> sat in on a couple podcasts, and this was one of them. It yeah. was uh, it was delightful to have it's him nice back. Treat. That Jonah Ray, we got to work on that Jonah Ray. <laughs> Jonah Jonah Ray is the other one who's. Uh, just doing a million things yeah. at the moment, uh, but we are proud of him. This episode also brought to you by Blue Apron. Uh, not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a difference. It is important for you to know where your food comes from. So for less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron will deliver delicious quality food, courtesy of over 150 local farms, fisheries, ranchers across the United States, right to your door. Supporting a more sustainable food system and setting the highest standards for ingredients. And with Blue Apron's freshness guarantee, you can be sure that every ingredient in delivery will arrive ready to cook uh, or they will make it right. Um, Blue Apron is great. My family uses it. My mom loves it. I got it from my mom. She is in love with Blue Apron. Uh, it's the kind of thing where she'll like text me pictures of it or call me and go, here's what I made last night. So, uh, it must be good. Cause my mom is uh, an amazing cook, by the way. She's an Italian lady and she knows food and she loves blue apron. Uh, some of the meals include spinach and fresh mozzarella pizza with olives, bell peppers, ricotta salad, uh, sweet and sour salmon with bok choy, carrot and ginger fried rice. So it's, it, it's, it's a, a wide berth of foods. Uh, check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with shipping by going to blueapron.com slash nerdist. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Now here's the Nerds Podcast number 862 with Allison Williams. Now entering Nerdist.com. Oh, thank you for not making it um, green tea. I was terrified you were going to give me the green tea one you gave Lena. Do you not? <laughs> and I was like, oh God, we're going to have to start with my childlike eating habits. Do you, do you like green tea? Or I not? think it is, it is dirt. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. But also, I just more recently had matcha, which is actual dirt. And I just yeah. think all of Los Angeles needs a food intervention. And yeah, I've been time. trying to conduct one it's on time. Lena for a long time. It's really time. And, and this is why you're here. Thank you so much. I feel like this is why I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been a long time coming. I know your mission has been to save Los Angeles from itself. Yes, exactly, and to make food what it has always been. And on that note, I'd like to remind everyone, even at the beginning, <laughs> to enjoy your fucking burritos. <laughs> yes! Yeah, now see if people are going to go. Start enjoying them now. Did it just end? Did the podcast just no, end? No, you didn't say it. I you always say it. say it. If I say it, then that's how it ends. Right. Okay, but sometimes... The- sometimes he lets Patrick Stewart say it. So <laughs> 
Enjoy your burrito. I didn't think that was going to be the case for me because I'm not exactly Patrick Stewart-like. I mean, I get the comparison frequently, right, but right, right, right. Um, I figured I'd just say it now. I mean, I think Allison Williams as Jean-Luc Picard in the... <laughs> Listen, you know I'm not scared to play a dude. I've done that. I am down. I can't tell you how frequently I read scripts and ask if I can play the male parts in it. And does anyone ever say sure? No, you would know about it. <laughs> no, of course no one says yes. I All the time, the male parts are written so much better. They're so much more interesting and complicated. You should ask them to flip the gender. Well, the that's script. what I try to do. I say, can this be a novel idea? Can this doctor be a woman? And they're like, well... And, and do they uh, ever even ask, or do they just say, or is that is it? I mean, it just ever, dies. On, it's dead on arrival. It's like, There's like no that, way. That riddle, I can't operate on. Exactly. This boy. He's, my this, son. he's my son. The doctor's a woman. What? They flipped the script. <laughs> it's an ice that. cube. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the best. Ice knife. Yeah, exactly. I know. Um, that's ridiculous. I feel like that's got to. I feel like that's. You know, you should just keep a mental log of every time you've done that, and then one of these times Honestly, it's going to work. Lost count. One it will work, work eventually, but a lot of the best opportunities for that are in like bigger comedies where there's one scene in a doctor's office about like some dick rash or something. <laughs> Inevitably, it's always a dick-related injury. Someone has sustained a, a dick injury. His laughter um, is exactly why. Yeah, exactly. You are the most basic it's, male I'm audience. Sorry, it I'm turns not, out. I'm sorry. I'm not. This is it. <laughs> You are. It was just the casual. It was just the. It was the casual tossing away of Dick Rash. Well, yeah, uh, which is it why always? she would make a great doctor. Exactly. You would make a great doctor because it doesn't shake me at all. I mean, don't have a dick. I've never had a Dick Rash, so there's that too. But I'll break some news here hey, that I don't have. But um, I always ask if that part can be a feat because it doesn't matter. It's one scene. It right. shouldn't matter. Period. But also the fact that you can only picture the scene being funny enough. If a dude is playing, it's so stupid. But, but everyone thought, always says no. I feel like I feel like if if there's ever a scene where a doctor just needs to say one jokey line, it goes to Tom Lennon. I feel like Tom 100%. Lennon hundred percent. And honestly, I'm I'm comfortable with that. And if they're saying like we're looking for more of a Tom Lennon, I'm like da, 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 never mind. Forget I said <laughs> no, it. No. This should of course be played by Tom. Lennon. My point is that Tom has had his time. And it's I disagree. I think we're just seeing the beginning of Tom's <laughs> capabilities as a as a very zany doctor. You know, he's the same in Memento and the Dark Knight. Yeah, returns or rises, whatever the fuck. It is. I'm not going to be. Character? I'll just establish he's the same, this now. He's the same character. I'm not going to be able to answer any of those questions. Oh, don't worry about it. I'm <laughs> okay, here to perfect. answer those for perfect. you. Tom, Tom's I, busy I with it. Tom's in a, in a in a Smith's cover band. He doesn't have time. He is. He plays guitar in a Smith's cover band. Should we make this whole episode about him? Or that's just what I was hoping that you were going to. Do is talk about the food thing, and then and we then were going to talk switch. about Tom yeah. for a while. Now he texts him; he lives close. <laughs> no, <laughs> not his by. reign Impossible. is over. He could come by. His reign is over. <laughs> it's just awkward if we're in the same space. <laughs> you so guys many roles together. Like... It's too weird. <laughs> what if she pulls off? It's the, us and, and Patrick Stewart. You and Patrick always Stewart in the same together. You were this close to Professor X. This close in the X Men franchise. This this close. But I feel like I feel like Allison Williams in a big superhero franchise is long overdue. Well, is it? Mom? I don't know. I I think I only just um, did my first movie and thus kind of earned any kind of conversation about a presence in it. God, that movie was movie. so good. Oh, thank you You were so real much. good in that movie. The movie I was in was called Get Out. Oh, it was so good. She flipped the genders in that script. She was. Uh, yeah, I was supposed to play Chris. Nope. Nope. Yeah, we just flipped Jordan it out. And Jordan was like, was like oh no, this makes so much more sense. This yes, way. This okay, really, great. Why would, good yeah. change, I don't know why I didn't think of that. Thank to you. begin yeah, with, but 
thank you very much for your insight. Um, yes, you are so fantastic. Just that, that character. Thank you. I was, He's tri- what you're hearing is the desire to not spoil anything. I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it's anything. It's been a while. And when will this come out? Uh, Katie Levine. Uh, April 4th. April 4th. Um, couple weeks. I don't know. I'm going to let you decide. I still think it's better to not, even though the movie you is have a one lot of the experience. highest grossing films of 2017. Well, Beauty and the Beast came in and fucking destroyed. Beauty and the Beast in one weekend you made know what? more Beauty than and the Get Beast Out. Has a, you know what? Beauty and the Beast has a dick rash, all right? <laughs> I can't this, no, Beauty and the Beast is a treasure. <laughs> It is a treasure. Yeah, we already saw it once. We already saw it in once. In my presence, we it is saw it in an animated form. As close form. as I get to spirituality. <laughs> um, no, I mean it's so exciting. Jordan, the very exciting statistic is Jordan is the first black director to cross the hundred million threshold with his debut movie, and he did it very quickly, really quickly, yeah. and with something that we're all insanely proud of. And I remember after Sundance because we did like a secret screening, and then a bunch of reviews came out about it because they very wisely invited reviewers to come see it. And I was like, not only are people liking it, but they're getting it. Like, Mm -hmm. they're getting all the shit we layered into it. And they only saw it once, which made me feel super dumb, because I had to read it, like, five times before I saw everything. And a lot of my friends have gone back to see it a second time. Reading is different than seeing it, though. Thank you so much. You're very well. That (laughs) is true. I mean, you're just reading it off (laughs) a page. You don't see how things are framed. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of it isn't can't possibly be scripted and it lived in Jordan's mind which is why it's so twisted and fantastic and um, I loved your conversation with him talking about it because he's just such an authority yeah as you observed this is his most passionate genre and, um, and, and but also it's it's also the um, that sort of subset genre that he has created uh, the social thriller I know which I love which and is he great. told me that this was before we did the movie so maybe I'm just like dead to him now but um we he told me i was his uma what which means i hope i'm in those the rest of those all right we're gonna get shots of your feet oh that's fantastic Uh, by the way i get alerts on instagram apparently they are well documented (laughs) well disseminated so eat your heart out eat your that is one that is one and i remember my daddy emailing me the first time a foot headline google alert came into his phone before he turned off said google alert at some point he was like why Wow, oh, he so had, interesting. He had my name oh, as a Google alert, gotcha. and then he saw some headline about my feet or oh. something, and he was like, but why? <laughs> How do you explain that? Can you filter out fetish-related articles about your daughter? Can you say, can you explain, do you explain that to your dad? I you guess go, you well, there's well, some... with like all kink, you're, you can't really totally explain it, and I'm not shaming it. I just genuinely wish someone could kind of sit me down and do their best to walk me through it. I don't... I don't understand the foot thing, but that's because I have the opposite thing about feet. I'm like, I don't need. Oh, I thought to. you meant you had a hand fetish. No, 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 okay, no, no. Gotcha. Yeah, As someone it's explained the, the feet of people a foot, to me. I feel like that's that's their they're kindred spirits. That's not an opposite. Yeah, the you don't think so? feet and hands used to be the same thing very recently. Yeah, <laughs> and by very recently, I mean just like a cool like a couple hundred, hundred years ago, million years ago. Oh, okay, yeah, oh, not hundred right, right, years ago. Right, right. I'm does sorry. he know anything? I don't think he does. He thinks the Earth is flat. Hundred years ago, Keds was invented. If the Earth wasn't flat, how come I? can see what's across Guys, the street. Guys, Shaq told me the earth is 
flat, and now everything I thought was true isn't Katie, a rare Katie. Guys, I'm questioned. Uh, fucking magnets, how do they work? Do you guys know? Yeah. How do they work? No God. idea. If you get Katie to laugh, that's a really big I deal. I know, and I just did You Made It Weird, and the fact that she didn't sleep during that, because it was like three plus hours or something. No, whatever it was, you saved Pete. That's no. all it is. So no. Yeah. Um, but yes, I love Katie. I love Scout. I'm into the whole thing. I am so excited to hear that. That makes me very happy, because I met you a few years ago at the Emmys. And uh, and you were really nice to me, and I, and and of course I, it was nice. Well, I I'm a fan you know, of yours. Well, that, that's 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 that seems very weird to me, and so uh, I, I'm flattered, and also it just blew me away because I don't know when you do the podcast, you just don't assume that people you just go, oh, we just make this thing, and I guess sometimes people listen to it. I don't know. But, you know, when you run into people and go, hey, I know who you are. And you go, hey, I know who you are, too. You're like, Yeah, well, what? that's very weird. Well, also the fact that we have a completely lopsided sense of how close we are right now. Like, right. as the three, as the four of us are sitting here. Actually, I'll include Katie. Yeah. Um, my sense of how well I know all of you is oh stalkerish. Because I just know <laughs> so much about you guys. Like, you know, enough to congratulate your marriages. I know about all of the vicissitudes of your work life, the evolution. She of- did ask me how the Goldbergs was going. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I was like, well, I did. It just wrapped. I was like, you guys must have just wrapped. Like, <laughs> About the IVF, did you get some IVF stories? Yeah. I, I did I mean, listen, you can download the entire podcast. Yeah. Matt yeah. and Dory's excellent adventure. Also, pre-order startup a novel on Amazon. Oh, Thanks. I know. Chris. I just heard all about startup. I'm very excited. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's that has to be the weirdest thing for you because in reality, we don't actually know each other that well. We email occasionally. Yeah. But I know you very well, or at least I think <laughs> I do. I know the public version of you. You speak into a microphone. I and so this is why you need to start a podcast oh it's so definitely that's... not what i need to no do. no yeah. you don't think it's time no no <laughs> no one needs no one needs no one needs um more of this in the world i don't think i'm gonna meet it out very slowly so that no one if everyone it. thought that there wouldn't be any podcasts no i know i just think like my particular brand of person can easily i'm on the verge of annoying at all times, you, and I have to. You've just described in. all podcasters. You've just described uh, podcasters. Yes, Matt's Matt's correct. No, but I don't know. It's very different. I'm like I'm the kind of girl that is so easily grating. Like if I sing in one more thing too soon, it'll piss people <laughs> off. Or like if I play that's someone. Just in your head, though. If I play someone with a character description of like she's got it all together, but she can't find love, like everyone's gonna be like, I'm fucking done. I'm done. <laughs> she tries so hard at everything she does, and it's exhausting to watch. She knows every. Everybody else, but she doesn't know herself. Yeah, I mean, All it's right, just middle school, so everything is just middle school. Were you always were were are are, are, are you a version of that person? Are you? Are I you... am that exact person. <laughs> Very little, like I'm a, the person I was at four or five, basically, and that's kind of how I stick to my shit. Is like I. I asked myself what she would want. She mm-hmm. kind of runs the show. The four-year-old Allison Williams? Yeah, she's the tiny alien in my in my head. Gotcha. Um, and because she kind of knew everything w- before being corrupted by everything else and just loved the idea of being an actress, too. So even on that level, I can kind of use her to keep me, keep it real. Was the little Allison Williams kind of a Lisa Simpson um, she was, uh, well, yes, she, in that she was precocious, definitely. Okay. Like she, I, I, this is too weird. I can't keep talking about her in the third person. It's, it is I. I'd like to speak to little Allison <laughs> no, for a moment, No, we're please. not doing that right now. Um, I, I was, 
I talked constantly even before I could form words. Like my parents would put me to bed and I'd just like be like, all right, good night. And I'd be like, I'd be like, so da 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 da. And they'd watch the monitor and I'd just be like, not watch the monitor, they'd listen to it because there wasn't video monitors back then, but they'd listen to it and I'd just be chatting. And like if it were a horror movie, it'd be terrifying. You'd assume (laughs) there was something that you couldn't see in the corner talking back. But in reality, it was just blanket, baby dog bear and big dog bear. And we were all just having a blast. So you were not being haunted by. No, I just I had a lot to say. I was very frustrated by this fact that no one can understand what I was saying during the day because I couldn't talk yet. And Mm -hmm. so I was just like, oh, God, I'll get it out at night, I guess, when no one's listening. (laughs) No one can tell me to be quiet because they're on the phone or whatever. And then once I could form words, their sleep ended (laughs) because I just was like. And one more thing. You knocked it. Yes. Yes. I was, it was Hamilton. Like tiny Columbo. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> Hamilton as a four year old. One more thing. Yes. Excuse me. And yeah, another exactly. thing. So then where so then where does that lead you? Were you on the debate team? Were you in school? I loved debating. I wasn't on the debate team because it was a conflict with um I don't want to brag, and in fact, I literally don't want to brag about this, but in environmental science, when I was in middle school, we had debate, and there were a bunch of topics, and we had to become experts on them, and then at the last second, they told us if we were pro or con, and my topic was logging, and I ended up having to debate pro-logging, Okay, and um, we won our debate, but also we won best debate team, and I won best debater. Nice. So that's a brag about, like... I mean, I can't wait early, to go logging. Early double digits. I don't know how I formed my argument. I think at the time my uncle was a lobbyist for Mead West Vaco, so I think I was probably just like, just send me your duck. <laughs> send me everything you say in government to make logging continue so you can form paper. So And they just throw the word heretofore in every exactly, once in a while. Exactly. And they were like, I mean, this is a very clear win. But um I I loved debating. <laughs> I um but I did a lot of plays. I I don't know. It just it is a pretty clear line. Like there's a little to do list I made when I was a young girl that was that is so classic. It's just so un. So much has happened in my life since then, and yet it's so untarnished. Any of it, like it says things like do all of your homework best as can be, have a little snack, not too big though, practice piano for at least one hour, feed Lucy. Like it was this list of things to do once I got home from school every day. Lay out your outfit for the next day. Like it was, and I probably didn't do any of it, but it almost didn't matter because the person that made that list is also the same person that makes lists without executing them today. Now, was this a uh, four-color pen? So one was yes. in... Okay, good. It was many color pens. Wait, mm-hmm. thank you for knowing that. <clears throat> sure, yeah. No. Um, almost certainly the smelly pens, which I'm sure are <laughs> illegal now because they smelled too good and brought too much joy to children's brains. And prob- Yes, exactly. Um, and probably also ruined their brains. Um, and so that, I don't know, it's a pretty... It's been a pretty kind of straight line. A few deviations, but other than that, it's been kind of like that's what I come back to always is that person. And do you feel like you've gone through any any like major discovery or changes? Well, in that I time? should add that that's not like the most sympathetic character in a school situation. So <laughs> bullying was a pretty constant presence. It was constant oh, pressure, hundred percent. Yeah, but also totally. But it was it had nothing to do with the fact that your dad was famous and it people, definitely had to do yeah. with that. So it was a kind of um, it was tricky because I was bullied before the people around me understood what he did for a living, which helps me realize that it's not about him. It's right. not nepotistic bullying. I earned right. this. Right. It is something <laughs> fundamental to me. 
that was your, again yeah. grading at all times. And um, that was like, more I of remember a secondary. That billing. was secondary, guys. Yeah. I was first. Yeah, I'm yeah, the first yeah. ingredient. Yeah. I remember in fourth grade there were um, some mean girls in my grade who um, did not remain. Once we all kind of like became who we were, we all started to get along because it was a small school. But. Um, they talked about me behind my back so frequently and I was so good at knowing when people were talking about me behind my back that I kept walking in on conversations they were having about me that they had to invent a person named Allison <laughs> that they had supposedly gone to summer camp with oh, so they could continue. Matt, if I'm making you sad, <laughs> that's, that's so, really yeah. dark. Yep. Really, you're making me sad. The you? saddest oh, person shit. in podcasting you're making oh, sad. <laughs> I've just heard you tell so many stories where at, at home I'm like, oh man, dude, stop. <laughs> this is stop a big deal that Matt's it. even here today. He hasn't been I on know, the podcast I know. Today. like a year. I've got time off, guys. I know. I'm, I'm here, you're here to bother Chris constantly. <laughs> oh, yay. I'm delighted. I heard his voice outside and I was like, what? I know. He's not. He <laughs> hasn't so been. Excited. He just emailed me a couple, texted me a couple days ago and goes, hey, can I come on Tuesday? And I I said, sure, yeah. I'm around. First, so I said, "Who excited. is this?" First, I said, "Who is yeah, this?" Yeah, yeah, obviously, new phone. Uh, who does? And then I and said, then we did a oh, ghost Matthew. thing, and then yeah, he went yeah, yeah. Matthew. Yeah, like and Matthew. We had a fun run. We yeah. had a fun run with it. I was like, oh, the guy with the guitars, the left guy, the left-handed guy. That's yeah. me. Left-handed guy with the low sperm count. I know him. Low sperm count. Lefty, good. Yeah, I do I have a very low sperm count. Like maybe the lowest. Super low. Not because of the dick rash. No, you know what's funny is your sperm count and my sperm count are closer than Hardwick and I. Uh, yeah, Wait, probably. First of all, you don't know what my sperm count is. I guarantee you, it's more than a million. Do you know yours yet? I don't know. Let's get it checked out. I don't Let's do it right on now. the podcast. Let's do it. I have a holistic doctor you can call who can just tell by looking at you. My urologist is here. Howard Kim, come on in. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, you go brought the stirrups? Uh, great. Oh, stirrups? Yeah, I don't know. You're uh, doing it wrong. I don't know. <laughs> what doctor are you going to? A horse doctor. You're going to a gynecologist. I'm going to a horse doc- a horse gynecologist. So his his sperm count and mine are equal. If he's <laughs> going to go to exactly. Well, exactly equal. Um, Normal yeah. is like 80 million, what I'm saying. is No way. So what I'm saying million. is between 80 and uh, between eighty and 120 million, right? So the, the Rock has like 160 million. At least it's like a billion. <laughs> At least. So what I'm saying, I'm making a ton of the Rock jokes. I can't just call him Rock. Like you have to say a ton of the Rock. But the do Rock. You say, the, you have do to you say ever the. refer to him by Dwayne the Rock Johnson or just the Rock? No, I mean I am so familiar with the idea of him that I can't refer to him in such a long. Have you ever met the Rock? No, the sure Rock haven't. I think I'd burst into flames. I'm just confused as to how that happened. How to, how he can exist and I can exist at the same time in the same universe in the same species. I would understand if we had deviated at some point. Right. And like there were there was like a the Rock version of humanity and the, uh, my version. <laughs> There's of definitely it's very confusing. There's, very, there's something very Galapagan, I think. Yes, maybe, maybe exactly. Maybe you just formed on different on different islands. I'm sure we did. You know, I'm sure we did. Or he's like a yeah. I mean, it, it would be like a bald eagle looking at a sparrow, being like, <laughs> "This is interesting." How? What <laughs> am know? I? What do I do with that? I know. How am I supposed to? What is this? I know. Or just like a tiny bird. We were, we were watching uh, Planet Earth two. Which is fucking Amazing. delightful. The deuce, nice. Insane that it got better. It's it did, so weird. It did get better. The first time we were all like, this is it. Yep. This is it's the not going to get any better than this. The pinnacle of nature yeah, photography. Exactly. But it's just those tiny little birds that ride on the back of ostriches because the ostriches displace uh, insects. And so the tiny birds catch all the insects that, that the that ostriches parasitic. displace. He is the uh, symbiotic. He, he is the uh, he is the ostrich, and we are the tiny birds. Riding that makes on his total back. sense, and I would be honored to have that position. <laughs> or 
or to be the the fish alongside the whale. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just glad to the lampreys that uh, attach to mm-hmm. the. Yes, absolutely. I feel like that all the time. Yes, that's me with Lena, and that's me with George. That's not true. <laughs> you, I feel I'm like kidding. now, I if it's. I mean, I, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's emotional that the show that you've been doing for a while is ending, but it's. Yeah, I mean, if you call crying for like a cool several weeks emotional, then yeah, I would also say no, it was that emotional. Sounds, that it was, yeah, I know that sounds healthy. Um, it was insane. I was caught off guard by how emotional it is. Rabia is here, who I'm worried is going to burst into tears. Rabia has been with she's with HBO and she's been doing PR. She started with girls. Basically, you were what 33, 32? 31 when girls started and so we all like grew up together we were just talking about this yesterday and she just cries all the time whenever it comes up so don't be alarmed well mike her. <laughs> it's Do you very want to sweet mike? no we all the only reason it's so lopsided is that we all cried so much as it was ending and then rabia came in to help us promote it and so as we were promoting it she was experiencing the emotions that we experienced on set and so it's been funny to kind of like watch it come out in her as we just have no tears like I can't cry anymore about it I just it felt like as Lena said on this podcast and we've talked about a lot she it felt like a loss it felt like a a, a profound shift in something very fundamental in all of us that is kind of to be determined in its impact on us well it's 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 just that period of time where you are now You've 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 grown another into a you've grown. I don't want to say grown up because you're grown ups, but I no mean, no. I was 22 when it started, yeah. and I would not classify that as it's like shedding a skin. Well, it's just you you do there there is a there is a there is a an, a, an emotional arc that an evolution that happens in your 20s, and when you and and this just coincides with you know the the emerging from that. Yeah, and so there is it's. It's interesting that you can be emotional about something that also might be a very positive change, which is now you're evolving and you in this movie and you will do no doubt more, but you're growing into the thing into the person that you will be and that's um that's It's really scary that is fun. exciting, definitely. The weird thing is um We've been talking a lot, the four of us, about wondering what happened to our actual 20s because <laughs> it's unclear. We don't know. Like Marnie, Shosh, Jessa, and Hannah had like very realized, messy 20s experiences and we did that for them. We like put, put that into life for those characters. But the four of us have had the most steady, boring 30s, 20s, I can imagine. <laughs> like, I met Ricky, my husband, who you know, yeah. who loves both of you. I met him at 22, right after we'd shot the pilot. Um, then I got cast in the show, and then that became a cycle that went on for seven years in my life, where it was like every summer we'd shoot girls, and then every December, January, February, we'd promote it, and then we'd come back to it. Like, it was just this cycle I was on. Right. I meet Ricky. We move in together. We get a dog. We get married. Like, it's just my friend group stays pretty much the same, growing a few people every once in a while, shedding a few people every once in a while, like a normal 20s thing. But the joke with my friends was always like, yeah, take that job in that other city because I'm just going to be here in this cycle when you get back. I'll be with (laughs) the same dude. I'll be in the same apartment. I'll have the same dog. I'll have the same job. Same list. I'll look the same. This is the most different I've ever looked, being blonde. (laughs) Like Everything is just – I've been in stasis – and things have changed. Like it's it's exciting for you know to get married and everything like that. But for the most part, I haven't had that very, um, by all accounts, unpleasant. And by playing Marnie, it seems very unpleasant experience. But 
totally formative sure. of kind of thrashing through your 20s. And the question we're all struggling with is, are we about to go through a major regression <laughs> Well, and like get and lose our marriages and have to go back? No, no, no. I, I think, you know, I think it's the 20s are about, I think, pushing boundaries and trying. I mean, I think you should always push boundaries. But I mean, you're really, like you said, thrashing around. But I think maybe there was more thrashing than you realize was happening because most people are not on a hit television show yeah. in their 20s. And so in lieu of that are doing other things to try to, you know, experience uh, whatever it is that there is to experience. There really wasn't a lot. I'm not kidding. There was not a lot of that. The other thing is that – so Jemima already had a kid by the time we shot the pilot, then quickly had her second baby. Um, We all were pretty much – I met Ricky very early and then shortly thereafter Lena met Jack and then Evan and Zasha met. They're now married. So like – there has been like we've never dated anyone in our cast. Like there's never been that element at work on girls. That's good though. That's fine. Definitely good. Yeah. Whenever I watch other shows with young actors, it's a terrible stereotype I have. But I'm like, I wonder who's fucking. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I just caught up on How to Get Away with Murder, and because I just caught up, I'm behind on all the goss, and I so I don't know like who's dating or who's picking right. up or whatever. Who's with it? Yeah. But I'm desperate to know because I just know, and I love picturing like those little dynamics after a scene where it's like they're being mean to each other and then or someone who isn't in the scene is like just suspiciously hanging around because they have a crush on one of the actors right. after all these years like I yeah. love thinking about that stuff like they fight in the scene and they just go and then rip they're each like, other's I'm clothes so off sorry. in the trailer yeah. after they were like, I'm, I'm so turned sorry. on right now I'm yeah. sorry I don't know I don't know it's, it's uh... I mean just using that show as an example but like typically you would think a show about people in their 20s like a bunch of virile sexual people like we'd be having sex with each other and that's just never we've all just simulated it, but it's never happened in real life <laughs> for any of us. So, and um, so was any was that were those parts weird for? I mean, I feel like that is so. Have it, you done that? Have you done no, sex scenes? Never. N- not hosting shows. It's not uh, common. Listen, when you're hosting a show. I don't know what you do. We've done two all on Talking Dead, but then other than that, <laughs> yeah. uh, it hasn't really happened on anything else. I thought maybe someone would have asked you to do. You have a podium. We don't know point. what's going on behind the podium. You know, Chris? Know, Josh McDermott and I had some dry humping on Talking Dead, but it wasn't like okay. it, you know it was, it was classic. Josh. As long as it was consensual, <laughs> it was yeah, absolutely. It was absolutely. We um, both knew what we were getting into. I. It is – it's definitely weird, but I'm very happy that it's not something I'm nervous about. I didn't realize this, but a lot of actors kind of read through scripts and get to a sex scene and immediately are like, how do I get this cut? They tell their agent, like, I need to get this cut. I don't want to do this, whatever. But I go – I read th- – like over them, I often like don't even absorb them anymore because I'm just so used to it mm-hmm. at this point. The only thing that will make me stop in my tracks is when I read the description of a sex scene and there's no dialogue about like inner turmoil or like <laughs> comedic moments. And I'm like, wait, what? How do you have sex on film when you're not talking? Is that just porn? Like, this is, is this supposed to look yeah. sexy? Yeah. Because that I don't know if I'll be able to do. Right. Um, I haven't had like serious on camera sex maybe ever in my career. But someone put a, his face in your butt on the yeah. show. And no, so- it was, uh, yeah, his face in my butt. That's right. And so how does that. I mean, if I've never looked at it from his perspective. I had always <laughs> described it as he had a there was a face in my butt. <laughs> how how narrow minded of me. I just you know, no, like, it's a really interesting. I, you flipped it and it completely derailed me because I've literally never, never. I mean, I thought about his experience a lot leading up to it. And I like structured this entire thing that I wore around his comfort and mine. Sure. 
um, his and her comfort. His and her comfort um, for butt eating? For, for a simulated um, on Facebook. butt play situation. Uh, yeah, Basic I'm sure you can. <laughs> you can set them. Button I was talking about this company that Ricky um, made where that he just sold to BuzzFeed um, for his latest job at Facebook. Um, anyway, that's that's well, the explain behind that. Yeah. I'll tell you that after. Um, but anyway, it was like a, it was pads, like giant menstrual pads, like, please, God, let me never need anything this <laughs> thick. But I just wanted like, pa- like padding so that he didn't feel like he was actually coming into contact with anything real. Mm-hmm. And so that I didn't have to worry about that. Sure. And everything was adhered and there were layers and layers and layers of things and all of it was invisible from the side. It was shot from the side. And... Um, so I, I didn't want him. I definitely felt worse for him. Sure. But the other thing is, it was not scripted, so I didn't know that the motorboating was coming. That was something he brought to it <laughs> just all on his own. And it was the first take was absolutely shocking. <laughs> it was just it was my first day back that season. It was the day before my birthday. It was so fun to like say hi to everybody. And then I think it was the last scene that we were shooting that day. And we had never shot a scene that hot and heavy before me and Evan. And so it was like, um, Evan and I, that'll bother me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Katie, it, cut that up. Yeah. No, please, Katie, <laughs> keep the dick rash stuff in, but dick rash take stuff, that but out. let's have proper grammar. Please, please. Thank you. Okay. Um, and, uh, it was like, it was just unbelievably strange. That sensation was so weird. It was like, because I wasn't expecting it, which ostensibly you're not expecting everything that happens to you sexually anyway. Right. But that was in the realm of things I could have expected. That was like a real outlier on that graph. And it was hysterical. And the first time we did it, I don't think I made it through the entire thing without <laughs> laughing. I don't think I, pa- I uh, there's no way I did because it was just like half of it was shock. Like this idea came from either muscle memory or just your imagination. <laughs> and so deal processing In that his mind, was that's so how surprising. you're supposed to do that. Like this, I was this like, is. Oh my God, your life just became so muscle much more interesting. Memory. It was just a, a window. Like you just got a window. Yeah. Into, oh. It's like when you watch actors shower in on film, like it has to be the way they shower. It must be. Or like wipe. Like right. I've had to I've had to roll or get toilet paper together a lot of times on camera. And one time with Booth Jonathan, I had Marnie be a folder because I know some people <laughs> are folders. And then I had her later do like a twirl bunch situation because sure. I wanted to like, you sure. know, she evolved. And um, I think it's I put that much thought into it only because I have time. And um, but most of the time when you see someone like shampooing or showering like that has to just be the way they shower as an actor. Yeah. Not so the I've character. I've never thought about that. Well, have you ever also you too, have it's amazing. I have not. You I think it is because your muscle memory is just so powerful in that moment. Well, you know how when people uh, if people go like, yeah, whatever. Oh, the jerking! Yeah. They use the hand that they use. That yeah, yeah. Do you I, think? I think. Oh, I always double gun. Their dominant hand. You you double gun. I, I, I always throw it up too. Yeah, I like just like. Hey. Well, where is it going to go? Everyone gets some. It's not the Fourth of July where you just you shoot up a <laughs> hey, bullet. It comes best down. Steel day, Does anyone know that's what we're land. talking about? Because these have only been physical. <laughs> we're making jerking off motions. I double fist double handed and one. then and then toss. You ever do the like sound with it? 
because that was a big thing in college no. when boys only did derivative comedy. Boy, I don't know it, where that came from. If it made that from, sound when it happened, you need to see can a doctor. You imagine? That is not a good. There'd be no well, good humans. News, Chris, there my urologist be... Howard Kim is still here. Oh, great! Ladies and gentlemen, he's brought the stirrups back and a horse. This Straight time. from Cedars, horse gynecologist <laughs> Straight Howard from Cedars. Kim. Didn't stop hitting and out. Came you, straight now, from Cedars. So when you when you have a scene like that and you, I assume your parents watch the show. Do you say? To oh them, yeah, we like, talked about it beforehand. You did. Yeah, I was just reminded on a talk show that my mom helped me think of the pad aspect of that thing. I got the sense that you have a very open relationship with yeah. your family and and they're cool about stuff. Yeah, we're allowed to hook up with other people. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx, Matt. Yeah, we did it. Same. See like, you after podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you're doing it. You're doing no, it. No, it's much more fun this way because then I leave and you guys have to come back. <laughs> we do. Oh my God. For 800 we're episodes. We're prisoners. What number uh, is I this? must be Eight. close to one of your milestones. We're 860, I think. 859, 860, something 860. like that. Yeah, we're 860. Oh, it is moving. Shit. It's moving slower because we're down to one a week. Because we're down yeah. to one a week. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, um, that, was, that was so I didn't die. Well, well that we, we appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, we're very die. close. We're very, very close. And thus, like nothing, we're not very skittish about things. Like there was an episode a couple of weeks ago where um, Marnie and Ray have sex actually in the same position that she had sex with Desi as a way to illustrate the difference between their sexual chemistry or lack thereof. And she's fully just going through the motions of having sex with someone. And mm-hmm. because her face is facing away from him we can see that she's totally faking everything that's happening sure um but after the scene one thing i've never seen dramatized and i'm sorry if well why apologize for getting too graphic now that's that's stupid um is that there's maintenance post-coital that i never see dealt with ever ever and so what i insisted on doing and i asked the director if i could do this i said can i if we're gonna if i'm gonna stay here and stand and have this conversation can i please take off a thing of to- uh, paper towel, bunch it up, and stick it in my crotch. Yes. And he was like, 100%, you weirdo. That's, and I that's did. That's not weird. That always bothers me. Like, you know, it drives like, me crazy. I'm like, are half- your sheets just, does someone just, an, uh, like a nymph just come and whisk them away and wash them immediately? You don't have a sheet sex? nymph? It's weird. We had to fire ours. There oh was sexual God. harassment. Well, I have a good other way around. I'll, I'll get here. Then you do. Yeah. Thank well, you so I, much. We have a jizz fairy, and the fairy uh, <laughs> makes it disappear. I'm sorry, I said jizz fairy. So I did Matt. Matt had a jizz fairy. Uh-huh. But it, <laughs> Matt's jizz fairy has not visited him for a while. <laughs> no, it's there. It's, it's there. just not full of sperm. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But the uh, uh, but I have had this conversation before, and, and it always immediately takes me out of a movie where people are out in public. Somewhere. Or in the morning, they just fully start like I was watching Luke Cage and in the morning they just start fully making out and I was like morning breath guys come on morning breath one of you should be like recoiling and the other one should be one of those weird morning breath like dissenters one of those people who just doesn't care but they they never in, in a movie where you see people like have sex in public or a car or something you never said yeah, they just, just put pull their, their skirt down. Up. I'm like, like you are going to have a disgusting yeah, 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where's the cup and waddle that is so indicative of this type of an experience? It immediately I call it takes the plug. me out. I call it the plug. <laughs> It sounds like a, an artisanal sex yeah. shop. The come to the cup and waddle. The cup and waddle. <laughs> Actually, there's it's been a here since uh, the 1200s. Uh, what is it called? There's a um, something in Gobble. In I'm not gonna remember what it is, but there's a restaurant in South Carolina near where Ricky's parents live. That's the Squat and Gobble. Wait, how do you remember how that? How do you know that? She just bought hey, a way. She just bought a post office. Oh my god, the Squat and Gobble. I have a T-shirt that is from the Squat and Gobble. 
We'll talk <laughs> after. That's crazy. You just inception <laughs> and, that and straight out of essentially mind. takes it back to the initial conversation about the uh, butt eating com- the oh, conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. we were so, having before. So the um, so yeah, I have no <laughs> he idea. He never how gets we got back there. to his original topics on except podcasts except for when it's butt eating. This. You're laser focused. No, no, she said squat and gobble, and that. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you got, got there. It. It's amazing. It's just, well, I thought that it's a uh, momentous occasion for the Nerdist. I do, I do have to say though that there was. Um, uh, I got into a conversation. I think maybe it was with Sarah Schaefer about who's a really amazing comedian. Yeah, and we were. I was talking about it, the episode where is it Yorma? Yorma, right? Yeah, where Yorma the Yorma first plays time he's, Booth Jonathan. He, he says to you. He says that thing to you. Yes, which uh, I n- think I still know by heart. Um, the first time I fuck you, it's going to scare you a little bit because I'm a man who knows how to do things. And the reason I have that so memorized is because I did chemistry tests with actors <laughs> oh, no. to play Booth Jonathan. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and one of these actors from Queer as Folk came in and I had such a crush on him when he was in Queer as Folk. And I, um, he came in and I was like, what? Hi. I was 22. I was like, oh my God, hi. I am ambivalent about your presence in this room. I'm sorry, Katie. I just ruined the levels of this podcast with my excitement about this. And then Yorma walked in and the energy was just so much more interesting because I think we had met before and he was like – I hadn't like developed this longstanding like – high school crush on him in a gay relationship on a cable network show. Right, like, right, right, right. It was, it was so much more, it was much more interesting. And that was exactly what Lena wanted. And so she cast him. And hearing him say that line gave it a completely different vibe than like this person that that I had always pictures with Jonathan and Yorma came in and just stole it from everyone else. But I, so I brought that up to Sarah because I said, who would say that to a person? I can never picture myself saying that to someone. That's because you're not that guy. And but not there's guys so- everywhere who would say I that know, to a person. But not, but, Have but, you read the game? No, thankfully no. You haven't? No, why would what? I? What? It's one of my it's an unbelievable have you read it? Uh, I'm aware of most of the content. Isn't that isn't that game. where it's like where it's there's neg- negging yes. and you have to like Oh my god, yeah. guys, read the game. I, I am it looks s- like a Bible. It comes leather bound. Oh Jesus Christ. It's and with really? a neck beard comb. Yes. No, it's you have to find what you're gonna peacock I, with, and if it's a neck beard, then that is god your damn thing. Damn it, you know, yeah. It, it, Sorry, does I it just come mean, in, does it kind of does it convert into a fedora? Yeah, as exactly. Well? Um no, I mean that's like that is something guys say that's I get, but but the fact that it works too and because i said to sarah like if someone said that to you that would never and she goes well actually yeah it's pretty I mean, it's, hot but that's go, the thing what? about that's the thing about that moment for marnie is like he says that to her she knows because she just got out of like a women's gender studies program probably at oberlin that that line should be met with like a slap across the face and like how dare you presume blah 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 and then she's just so confused by it that she has to go masturbate in a restroom at her place of work. Right. Um, even though she's in a relationship and uh, is clearly fantasizing about this one person in particular immediately after. She gets – she extricates herself from that situation successfully without cheating. But then it's it's helping her realize that she doesn't belong in this relationship that she's right. in. Right. But so it was um, – it's definitely a weird line and it's so great coming from Norman. Then he comes back later in the show and they have this whole relationship and they have one of the weirder sex scenes to shoot. Sorry, I'm shifting my chair. Apologies for the noise. 
Um, I suddenly feel very short. Okay, here we go. <laughs> we can raise um, the, chair, the chair. The chairs go up and down. No, that's okay. I'm, I'm comfortable at this level of okay, the table. Great. Um, I'm chin level with the table for those who can't see. Um, we can just see the top of our head. We still have not confirmed. Luckily, I am moat with my head a lot. It's my crutch. Um, so it was like uh, a scene shot from above where we were in the shape of an X, and he was just directly on top of me. And if you're not close to an actor already, and they're whole body is on top of yours right. in an X shape, you've, you'll become really close really quickly. <laughs> and I see Yorma all the time and we just have this like bond now that is unbreakable because of the things that we've done together. It's just did, pretty did incredible. You, did you, just because, you know, this is the seven years, which are obviously very important developmental years, did you feel, as you're exploring this character's sexuality and emotional, you know, and digging around all of her emotional stuff, are you learning anything about yourself or is it is it... Or do you feel like it's so compartmentalized and it's so fictionalized that it's that it's not? There's very little crossover. I'm as I was saying, like I'm pretty consistent. I'm kind of like I've kind of stayed. So when I started playing Marnie, the two of us were very similar, which is convenient because it was my first job. So I knew what I was doing from theater and stuff like that in an improv group, but I hadn't ever played a character on screen really, with the exception of things I did with my friends. And so I, it's good that I started with someone that was so close to me. And then through time, I kind of stayed on that line and Marnie just started veering away from it and then over time ended up somewhere completely different. And I think is sort of bringing herself back, but there's some very fundamental things that are different about us, like namely our upbringing and our parents, our relationship to our parents and our abilities to ground ourselves and to feel like um, – when she's alone, she spirals. When I'm alone, I reserve energy. I'm technically an introvert and she's an extrovert who needs other people to use her energy with. And so she's always looking to guys to help ground her. Whereas if I need to be grounded or to feel comfortable, I just go home or I just text with the family chat sure. or whatever it is. Um, and that's a luxury that I have. And that thus I picked a partner whose job isn't to make me feel grounded. It's just to be a partner with me. Sure. And, um, and so it's, we're just different in that way. And Marnie's just spun out trying on, she's like Pippin. She's trying all these different <laughs> things. I'm so glad you guys get that reference. Um, she's trying out all of these different things. It's not warrior against the Visigoths or whatever, but it is like, you know, she tries out, uh, being a, artist girlfriend and having a plastic dress at a chic art party and realizes that's not for her and it's always juxtaposed with a guy she tries being like the tech startup girlfriend and performing stronger at her ex-boyfriend's office and that surely doesn't work out um she tries all these different things and um it you know it it takes her on this incre- on these incredible arcs that I got to do as an actor, but it it left me pretty much still where I was. I didn't get that. You said you're an introvert, but I don't get the sense that you're introverted. I need a lot of alone time to do my job. I spend a ton of time on my bed. I'm addicted to solitaire. I will admit it here, <laughs> which is so poetic. Computer solitaire, <laughs> or like actual cards. No, on my like on an, phone. like the phone game. Um, I listen to podcasts and play solitaire. Or I watch things. I watch TV shows or whatever it is. I watch the news like 24 hours a day. Um, I spend – I need alone time before I can go do – be with people. How do you watch the news 24 hours a day? I watch or listen. So like when I get in the car, it's on XM. How do you – 
yeah, mentally not... process the news I grew 24 up hours watching a day. It 24 hours I know, a day. but it's depressing. Well, it hasn't always been happy, dude. It's rarely like honestly, today was a good one. Let's all call it let's all call it in. We're just gonna watch old reruns of Johnny Carson. There's no news. I mean, I've been watching the news since I was really little and the world is fucked and it's their job to tell us what's happening. And so it's um that's a mode I'm very used to. I'm not easily made frantic by what I'm seeing on television. Well, that's, um, have you, but you have days reading. though where you're not where you're not absorbing the news because you're so busy. Or yes, you're just and out. those days I feel very stressed out. Like I. But like, what's interesting about those? I had that yesterday. I was in Vegas with my friend Ross. Oh, what a day to miss the news! I Holy just shit. yeah, and I just like didn't think about anything all day, and I just there was a moment of driving home when I did throw on NPR that I just was like, oh fuck. Boy, I, I just lived my life probably like 78% of the country. They don't listen to the news. They don't know what's constantly going on. So they're they're like, fine. Yeah, except I think I think um, the other more interesting – the thing I think about a lot, and this is reflected in the news that I consume because I try to read news from a variety of political yeah. leanings, is what news are they consuming? Right. So say those same people just listen to Rush – on the way to work or whatever it is. Not Canadian Super Trio. Rush. Weirdly not Rush. <laughs> okay. From Judd Apatow's obsession. Um, not no. the movie. Yeah. The bicycle movie? Wasn't <laughs> that a premium, a bike premium messenger rush. movie? I think. Yeah. Oh, premium Rush. I apologize. Right. Come on, or Rush Hour, which uh, is yeah. very different. Much no, uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh. I just call him by his first name. Because like, we just go way back. <laughs> We're best friends. Um, but like, if that's what you're consuming and then you're going into your job and then you're coming home making dinner and going yeah. to bed like if that's all you're getting and it's just this that's a very potent 30 minutes of news consumption a day and it's yeah. very specific so i'm very interested to see what people which perspectives on the same facts or sometimes not the same facts everyone's getting because it's going to be impossible for any consensus to ever occur other than on like beyonce when i was like 12 we got, went to the bookstore <laughs> and my mother was like pick out a book we're going on vacation and i was like okay and then i picked out the book i picked out was rush limbaugh's big fat idiot by al franken oh. Whoa. <laughs> and that, like informed it had my idiot entire... on the cover no probably. it was just i was like oh i like al franken he used to be on snl yeah <laughs> it's yeah. a 12 year old but like that really funny, right? But he is—he's amazing. I donated to his Senate campaign the first time around. I love him. But like, just to—but now to see him in these hearings and go like, oh, this when I was twelve, I was reading this book, Rush Limbaugh. But you know what's nothing has changed. I know it just made your. But I really respect. I have a couple friends who's who grew up in one political context and left it, and those are the people who I respect so much. I grew up in a house where. My mom and dad liked to facilitate conversations that allowed me and my brother to kind of figure out our organic beliefs on things and work towards that. And I had teachers who encouraged that too, where they'd present facts and they'd let you, they'd let us kind of get there, yeah. get to an opinion uh, organically. And um, I have friends who grew up in households where they were told what to believe. They were told, you know, for an example, a couple of my friends were told that like feminism was only used as a pejorative term. It was only used as like this bra burning, man hating, whatever. Yeah. And it, they had to learn later what it act that it just meant that you see no like difference between the way men and women should be treated. Right. And to unlearn that was a process. And then it caused this kind of rupture with their family's ideology. And those people are, that's the intelligence I respect 
potentially most because it's intelligence and curiosity paired with the bravery to risk losing ties with the most fundamental ties you have because that because truth matters so much to right. you. And whatever that truth is and whichever way you end up deviating, um, that's so interesting to me that you you form that belief at that age that you picked out that book. I mean, let's yeah. say you were from a different background and you picked that book because Al Franken was an SNL writer. If that belief didn't echo your parents, that still could have had that same impact. And then if you had... Oh, the... believe me. My parents are very different politically than me. Right. <laughs> I think I remember that from right live... around the election. Uh, they live in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> the end. Which I know. Now, for a couple months after the election, we always know like every district in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> we can just talk about them all with such facility because okay. of cable. Um, but yeah, so it's... it's um, that's it's very interesting to me, like thinking about how to raise kids. I'm we are not starting the kid project yet, but soon. I've always wanted to be a mom ever since I was like an infant, so I'm ex- excited about it. Graduated, and yeah, I am too. It yeah. would have been really hard. Um, yeah. uh, I'm not gonna go. You, down could, that you were path. very precocious, no, no. you could have. Done I it. was precocious. No, let's not go here. I'm saying what I'm saying is you could have just cared for an adopted child. Oh, I, I if you adopted as a, as I a toddler, my brother, like I, I, he always called me his his second mom that he didn't want because I was so bossy <laughs> and I thought I was in charge of him and I would like mother and then he'd go to my mom for a second opinion and she'd be like wrong call Allison that was not the right <laughs> that's You'll how you get learn it later but this was not the right call and that's I was like, how you, do, you do not lock a child in the trunk yes you should exactly. not punish your brother you should by not punish him brother in. by telling him that the back of the bathtub is warmer it's not because he's a tiny idiot who doesn't know how to think critically yet. Um, he turned out totally fine. It's pretty funny. He's, he's fine. He's a sportscaster. He's, he's more than fine. He's you know, amazing. I, what I just find is is that it's it's so difficult now. Um, the, the the concept of truth is just is so. <laughs> Almost superfluous at this point. Totally, like because even... now that people say the phrase "my truth," yeah, it's yeah. dead. I mean, we need a new word. Well, also, even in just the way that that, that information is delivered and news is delivered, it's you know that everything is so obsessed now with um, traffic and uh, and um, you know, I mean, it used to be ratings. Now it's traffic and it's clicks and it's click throughs. And so, I just feel like so much of the information that we get is coming from a place of well we're just trying to get people's eyes and so I, I i really feel like that does there is kind of like a heisenberg principle of you destroy the experiment by by by, by, look, by looking it. at the experiment yeah and so it i feel like it, a lot of truth is being uh, polluted by the need for attention well yeah and actually um ricky and i were always tempted to run this experiment um which would have probably ended up a Heisenberg example where um, we were going to create, and he did this for a TED talk he gave actually, um, but he just simulated it. He didn't do the actual, he didn't do it in public, but basically he was going to create a bunch of Twitter accounts and tweet things against burnt toast (laughs) and then use that to make an article where you compile all of them and you say there's a movement against burnt toast Mm -hmm. and then there are people coming out publicly about it and then inevitably it would end up teetering towards race. Mm-hmm. And so then you start, you create an outrage cycle off of something sure. completely Which would be really easy. It would be very easy if you get the right people to kind of like take the bait. Well, they did, you know, they, they that happens sometimes, you know, especially if people, I don't know if it's a Facebook page or a Twitter page of people who think Onion articles are real. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Or there was one... I, this can't be real, but it was the picture of uh, Spielberg with the uh, the Triceratops from Jurassic Park. 
And, oh, the hunting Or was it one. a second? Was it a triceratops? It was the, yeah, it was the sick triceratops. The sick triceratops. And then and they're like, oh, I can't believe he killed. And then people were outraged. How could he do that? You know, Wait, mean, with a triceratops? With the prop. With the yeah, triceratops. So, no, but I mean, was it? did they think that they there think are that triceratops? They thought that he had hunted a triceratops and so killed it and was posing with it. there are triceratops. Well, that, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That the outrage outweighs. Guys, the, wait, that's now the most urgent thing we need to deal with. We need to find the people who think there are still dinosaurs and uh-huh. live well, because Spielberg uh-huh. killed the last one. How do you know they thought it was the last one? I don't. I don't know that they magical, did think it was the last can, one. Can you find that and find what that? What, what the a magical was? life! I lived there for a little. I love dinosaurs so much. I desperately wanted to believe they still existed for years and years and years and years. Somewhere. I know. That's why I, I still had that planted this archaeological anthropology bug, and I still have it. And I'm determined to go back to school for it. You and Slash. Slash is a dinosaur guy. Yep. You got to talk to Slash about dinosaurs. Happily. What's his favorite dinosaur? I can't remember what he said his favorite dinosaur was. I can't remember what he said his favorite Did he dinosaur. say Brachiosaurus? He might have said Brachiosaurus. Because if they're vocalizing, it's very interesting to <laughs> well, me. Well, that... Because that was one of the fun things about oh watching... Oh, my God. This caused... This is fascinating. Yeah, here you go. This was passed around in a very interesting order. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I felt like I just it had got to passed the laptop. Like, here it go. went outside. Guys, keep it moving in a circle. Security it took it briefly. Circle? Can we just keep it moving? Oh, my God. Oh, my. I'm sorry. I'm just absorbing yeah, this. Wait till you get to the... Uh... Disgraceful photo of recreational hunter Hap... Oh, happily posing next to a triceratops he just slaughtered. Please share so the world can name and shame. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, you guys. And then someone said, that's Steven Spielberg, director of Jurassic Park. And then someone responded, I don't care who he is. He should not have shot that. <laughs> you guys, I'm, not, I'm laughing through my tears. This is so devastating. Oh this, by my the way, god. This, like sifting through the comment threads on this will occupy this will be a good day for you for you to have some of that alone time that you enjoy. Oh my god. No, that would through. end up really dark. Yeah. This is really concerning to me. <laughs> it's con- it's weird enough that we're going to that we might start teaching kids weird different things not based in science about dinosaurs well, it's that and- much weirder the idea that there are people who are just so used to getting angry about but you things know, but you know what it what it does is that it really fu- you know is someone who as someone who has uh, always had a, a mild a mild phobia running in a script in the background of my higher consciousness of you know what if I wake up one day and the reality that I see is completely distorted versus, you know, it's like... That's totally because of the media you consume. Any, but any of the movie, any movie where someone wakes up and... So you want a they live scenario? Or? Not they live, but it's just like where, where someone is completely, you know, like a shelter island type of yeah. a thing where it's like, oh, your reality is actually... It turns out you're crazy as yeah. compared to the rest of the world. So what happens when I see uh, how... I'm shocked you didn't use a Twilight Zone example. Well, <laughs> I'm shocked. impressed that you would understand that. So, uh, yeah, a- any of the Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah, really, people, they're all about this. They're all really kind of about that. But, um, uh, but the idea that when you see how subjective truths can be, so you see people look at that, and in their minds, there was a Triceratops somewhere, and this man killed them, and they believe that is their truth. And how can you, because of their confirmation bias, how can you explain to them oh there aren't really they might just go yeah because he just fucking shot also it's the most dated photo of ever yeah look at his sh- footwear like that is a shoe you don't know what hunters wear 
Yeah. <laughs> Hunters they... don't wear a, sens- a sensible sneak. <laughs> from Maybe 19, a from bright white uh, You just said why they do it. It's to sneak. <laughs> that would might be the quietest it's a sneaker of all you time. You have to sneak but up on a triceratops. To me, it's, it's conditioning. It's classical conditioning. Because Sorry, I'm halfway through getting my sweatshirt off and I just look like I'm trying to stay modest. But let me just do this. Okay, it's classical conditioning because they're used to seeing a photo of someone next to game and getting upset about it. It is, but but what But it, the game is fucking extinct, you guys. The game I, is a book by Neil Strauss. Yeah, we already exactly, this. exactly. What he did well was done. he negged the triceratops first. Yeah, exactly. Lured uh, him into his film yeah. and into being manufactured in a prop lab. But what it does is when I take a step back and I think about how, you know, social media shows you that uh, of all the distinct users there are operating social media, there are that number of different truths. And so it just makes me feel like how how do we even I – was, I was a philosophy major and this used to drive me crazy and now I feel like it's reality of like, well, how do I know this table is the brown that you see? And when I start – Getting and what if you're like no it's blue? Uh, when I start taking a step back from that, it it really does start to twist my brain a little bit about what is reality and what do we understand as a as a commonly accepted reality and and what's even true anymore and how do I know if anything I believe is real? How long what how long are the stretches of time you go where you just accept it and don't think about it? Well, most of the time I'm just too fucking busy to really. Isn't that so nice? It's great. How often do you think about death? Um, you know, it comes up, but it well, does... it comes up every time anyone mentions parents. Unfortunately, <laughs> I know. I feel like it comes up all the time. Oh, it's like my... some weird, yeah, it's like some weird fate from like a Greek myth where you're fated to just have to repeat this fact. Oh, and I know. I always feel bad. I always feel bad that people listen to the podcast. Like, we get it. Your dad's dead. But uh... no, it's nice. It's good to head it off before someone goes down this. Well, you know this because of your relationship with your dad, sure. who's currently alive. Like, it'd be very weird if someone made a point. That that rested on you still having a dad that was alive, and they got right. to the end of that point, and you were like, "Well, I'm sorry Actually, to he's not no, alive, but you, but, but he's not." <laughs> yeah, there's improv training, right there. yeah, exactly. Because then you'd have to pretend to yes and that you'd have to pretend he was still alive, <laughs> and then your whole audience. Oh, he's like, a great. Everyone's like, he's lost it. Oh uh, yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did he just say his dad was? I'm trying to yes and, man. but uh, but so in terms of thinking of death, I do think about it and. The crazy thing is that it doesn't bother me. Like I'm not, I'm not afraid of the actual dying process. It doesn't bother me to the concept of being dead. I don't believe there's anything that happens after that, and I'm totally fine with that. What I fear is, is dread. I fear the dread or that like precedes the, pain. the death, pain, long. Yeah. You know. What about you? Um, my uh, Ricky described something to me that I later heard. Oh God. I want to say it was Dana Carvey on Pete's podcast used the same theory, which is like Ricky said, I don't remember what happened to me before I was born. Yeah. So I'm not scared to be dead. I feel the same way. Yeah. And that's how I feel too. He articulated – because the thing that was always scariest to me about death was that I couldn't imagine what it was going to feel like. Sure. I have a lot of anticipatory anxiety. So I used to like have a lot of anxiety before going to something if I couldn't picture it, which is part of what's so comfortable about doing press for six years is that these are all becoming really comfortable spaces that mm-hmm. are – I would be nervous normally, but like walking into Fallon or Seth Meyers' show is – like a space I've been in before, so I don't have to be nervous about c- coming to a new place, interacting with new people. Like it's the same segment produced. That's just a very specific example to articulate this point. Right. A very unrelatable and right, specific right. example. <laughs> no, everyone's on Fallon and Seth. Yeah, you guys know when you go to Fallon. 
Um, so it's like a, welcome to the Goop podcast. Yeah, exactly. But so I was like, I, I know God. Um, when I want to look up something very fancy to like spoil myself, that's where I go, which I think is the use case of the Goop model. Yeah, it's like it's how we spoil ourselves. It, that's just how we guys. It's just how we spoil ourselves. Yeah. And you know, if you're having a problem, just have one of your assistants yeah, just uh, look up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just the one though. You don't need two on nope, that. Not you need someone with time. you still. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I like I think the anxiety about not knowing what it was going to feel like is what kept me up when I was young. But now I'm okay not knowing what it feels like because I can at very least liken it to another time where I also didn't know what something felt like. Sure. Yeah. I, it, it, in the absence of I think I assume it's just the absence of feeling. Yeah. It's but it's very hard to picture that. Like, I'm sure my parents tried to describe that at some point when I was ready for that description. And I just couldn't because I even sitting here, I can't. It's outside of the realm of what I can. Yeah, because what with through if, if, any type of associative learning, how what, what do you connect yeah, that exactly. to? What do you can? I mean, I guess you can connect it to sleep. Yeah, but, but even, even sleep, sleep, we have it's our subconscious is very. There's busy. something still mine running, is, running around. Work, mine works very hard. What are your dream, What are your dreams like? I don't remember them typically, but I talk a lot. Back to my youth, mm-hmm. I'm full of chatter. None of it is, you know, intelligible. But I just. You know, I'm chatting and figuring things out. And and has Ricky ever said, you said the craziest thing last night? No, because it's not, it's not English, really. Oh, gotcha. But it's just a lot of kind of murmuring and working it out. and Just um, sorting through it. I also just, my teeth are just clenched. When I my, <laughs> like, my anxiety is that deep that even in my sleep, I'm... Sleep has always been very superfluous, superfluous to my life. Sorry, I just had a complete inability to pronounce that very specific what is your What is your anxiety based on? Uh, anticipatory stuff and then also just like whatever is happening in my brain just gives me also evolutionarily I don't have I'm so lucky I don't have a lot of natural stressors in my environment I don't Mm -hmm. have my life isn't at immediate risk in a way that I can constantly detect I'm lucky I can everything is okay so all of the survival instincts that I have from when way back I don't I'm not needing all of them so my body just creates this need to experience anxiety so that I there's it, there's nothing to do with it. I'm not at, I'm not in danger often. I'm not being predated. I'm not, you know, whatever it is. You're not is. being so hunted by Steven Spielberg exactly. with a so, triceratops oh rifle. God, how dare he? How dare I'm he? I'm outraged. I'm offended. Specific rifle. Yeah. <laughs> it's a triceratops Very rifle. Specific it's got rifle. three it's uh, barrels. A, <laughs> it's a it's a grenade. <laughs> it would have to be. Um I so I think that's where it comes from. Like chemically that's the root of it. i understand that yeah lydia says to me sometimes uh well it seems like you need to create stresses yeah. so that you can have them yeah i'm not doing like, how it. dare I'm you not make doing a it. solid point i'm not doing it with any kind of awareness she's onto something there yeah you. i know she's she's, she's smart than smart. i am that's well, like, she's I, we she get that. we all know that yeah, she understands I mean. But the, I think that's probably – I mean, it's not like – it's not bad. It's just uncomfortable at times. And when you're busy, it's hard to just kind of deal with a little bit because mm-hmm. it can just kind of derail you a little bit. But at, at night, I – even when I was little, I didn't sleep a lot. I was talking. <laughs> I was too busy <laughs> just lecturing Conducting to sleep. Interviews. Yeah. So even when I was little, I slept – like a not many hours a night i can't say with any authority i'm sure it was something like seven which for an infant is nothing mm-hmm. but i was just awake observing talking um the rest of the time so that i just didn't it felt like a waste of time and to this day i sleep like five hours a night me too i know 
Yeah. Okay. I know that about you because Both I know so more happy about, about you. it. I know. <laughs> Me too. Well, it's just nice How to hear much? that someone else can function that way. I know. It's just I've always been that way. In high school, I'd sleep like three hours a night, and that was pushing it. Um, but that was because there's literally I did not have and the hours. In where the did day you get that, that on the back end or the front end? Did you go to bed late or wake up very early? Both, because I would wake up at like five. Uh huh. Um, drive to school. I had a little commute for high school. Get to school, go to acapella practice because I was cool. Of course, why not? Of course. Um, what was your one, number one acapella jam? We loved like uh, we. Oh, you know what? We sang Bohemian Rhapsody, and it was a real challenge, but it was pretty fucking great. When nice. we got it right. Um, and then I'd have school, mm-hmm. and then after school I'd have soccer practice, and then after soccer I'd have rehearsal for plays, and then I'd have my commute back home, t- and then dinner, and then homework would start. Mm. So it was I was burning the candle on both ends, and there were a couple of times where my mom kept me home from school because she was like, "It's not safe for you to go to school today. You have had cumulatively like only a couple hours of sleep this week, and you can't go to school. You're on a highway." Like, you can't go. <laughs> and I remember at a certain point, I started doing my homework in a part of the house that was a little further away from where my parents were asleep, like in this living room area, so that they, my mom didn't have such a good sense of how little I was sleeping so that I could get away with it. Wow. Um, but that, again, I, I was kind of okay. I mean, I always wondered, like, what would I be like if I got eight hours of sleep? But the answer is it's a choice between efficiency and the ability to accomplish things. And that like Hamiltonian energy of like just needing to just keep working because it's never enough time. The last time I slept a full eight hours mm-hmm. was two years ago at Comic Con. It was the end. That's of- a weird time to sleep. Yeah. Eight hours. Well, it was it was after the it was it was the it was the night after our last. Like I was done the next day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just did this at the Sun Valley Film Festival. I was there getting an award, and the next day I slept eight hours for the first time and in a really when you woke long up, time. Did you go? Is this how I'm supposed to feel all the time? Yes. Because it felt really good. It felt great. <laughs> it felt that. so good. It felt so good. Like, um, on, this is how people are supposed to feel all the time. That's amazing. I know. I know. But I also like I I love my time. I have like a total routine before bed and I follow all the rules you're supposed to follow. I but hate I just sleep. I love reading before bed. Yeah. I love my I love reading. And so that's when I read. I don't read a lot during the day. I read article other things, but a, a book at night. I love that. Yeah. I'm getting the I'm getting the spider sense from over here that you might have to leave in a second. Oh, I'm so Is that sorry. what's happening? Okay, I don't want to I don't want to Do you have somewhere to go? No, not for a little while. Yeah, I mean at midnight we're doing at midnight, but not for not for a while. And um it's only one o'clock, Chris. So it's it's one, so he one shows uh, midnight? Who is this character, man? It's the guy who thinks time is real. Oh, okay. <laughs> time is not real. Whatever time I see time something is, is when it's happening. It's a yeah. it's a construct of the it's a construct of the simulation that we're We're both in. banking on that because we treat time very weirdly <laughs> with no respect whatsoever. <laughs> At all. But you know what you Also, be- you and my husband are totally not the age you say you are. What? Both of you have this in common. What is it? That Rick, I don't believe that Ricky is 36 and you are however old you are. He still gets carded. <laughs> I'm 45. He still gets carded, and I bet you do too. <laughs> Matt, your eyes got big. You've known me a long time. Know. You know how old just I am. Stu- I don't believe you. <clears throat> it's like, true. Did you need the gravitas when you were just getting started and you reversed? Chris, I met you when you were 35. <laughs> Yeah. Is that true? That's crazy. I know, Matt. Yeah, Matt, we lost You don't Matt look a day a over 36. I well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. No, but it's it's really interesting to me because like we're there's we're 7 or 8 years apart depending on what time of year it is. And 
a lot of people when we were first getting married, my grandparents have the same age difference and my grandfather my has dementia. My wife and I have the same age difference. You do. Yep. My grandfather has dementia and watching it on this end is fascinating because it's really hard and it's awful. And he suddenly seems so much older than she does, whereas for my whole life they seemed like they were the exact same mm. age. And, she and now old. she's in the position of having to caretake. Yeah, yes, exactly. of course. And um, it's very different. And when we were getting married, I remember talking to my grandmother about it and she was like, the age difference doesn't matter until you get to this stage and then it really every year every day feels like it's weighted down with something and I kept saying to her there's something about Ricky that feels like he drank he took a shot of youth serum at some point and it's not going to apply to him at the, in the same way. He may outlive me by like a couple decades because he'll just be on his computer and he'll, he won't realize that time has gone on. That's why I, my wife is older than me. Oh, cool That's move. the way I went. I was like, well, cool let's move. figure out life expectancy that. and then good. We'll die at the same time. Good, yeah, exactly. How romantic. See, I'm going to have a whole third Honey, act. Honey, we're going to die at the same time. I told Ricky, I was like, I'm going to have this third act that is just fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> if you aren't the youth serum drinker, I think you are. I'm going to have like a whole adventure. I'll find love in a nursing home. You'll get sleep. Perfect. I'll get sleep. I don't know. I think yeah. it probably... You know, you sleep yet less, you think? Oh, man. Yeah, I'll definitely Yeah, because there's one presence in your bed for decades. Right. You know, not to be so morbid, but that's a very hard thing for me to imagine. Well, typically... We both travel so much that, frankly, it's not weird for me to imagine right now. The only time (laughs) I think about death is when I look at my dog. Oh, because you just know. I know. I thought about it the my second like I adopted three. her. My dog's like three or Mine's four. Two. I don't know. Again, adopted. And you know yes. that. You, you but like know. I hold, he's 75 pounds. And I She's pick 65. Him up, I pick him up and I go, you're going to die. You don't need to brag about how strong you are, dude. <laughs> Matt, we get it. Matt, I, after Matt curls I, uh, with his dog. He after curls I curl his dog. my dog, I do 14 reps of 20 per. It's, <laughs> Whoa. It's, I don't even understand that math. It isn't really it a thing anyone does. lingo. <laughs> You're a CrossFit guy, right? No, my trainer won't allow CrossFit. Oh, I know about your trainer. Again, you don't need to brag. We get it. You're very rich. Uh, <laughs> Listen, Chris monopolizes his time. He's richer than I am. Uh, no, he, so I, I look at my dog all the time and I tell him he's going to die. Why? And he doesn't understand the words, but I just need to get it out. Why? I don't know. I get so sad about my dog. I love my dog. Like it's my, the, but I said the saddest thing in the world to me is when my when I'm at the dog park in Silver Lake, and my dog wanders off, and then he loses me, but I can see him. Oh, the, his like face of like panic, looking around trying to find me, and then when he sees me and he like starts bounding at me with a huge oh. grin. It's like so as opposed sad. to get making eye contact, and then he kind of like like shields and like oh well, yeah, he's like dad, uh, stop, dad, go low. away, drop you're, me off at the curb. The you're embarrassing me. You. You're His embarrassing dad me. heart has a whole syllable. Yeah, dad, uh, <laughs> dad, uh, stop it, mom. Uh, God, there's a few things I I just totally dread more than that phase of parenting where right? the syllable comes in, and you're just like I suck for six years yeah. to this person. I think it could be it, it and I feel like. That gap is growing now, so it could be anywhere from like nine to twenty. So you know, true. I got lucky because my parents are legit cool and know more about pop culture than I do, which is very rare. They're not parents at all. They're not yeah, like parenting. I hope parents. to never. I hope to like stay in touch, but I, I think don't think this I can. generation of parents will be much more. Although, if you already don't know what musically is, you're behind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already. I had to, yeah. I had to dot learn L-Y. what that was. Yeah, exactly. That's how it starts, yeah. dude. Right? That yeah. L.Y.? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and, and, and you welcome it because it's you, you get very 
comfortable in the music that you like and yeah. there's at a certain point you're like no more no yeah more room but i remember when uh when ricky met my parents uh like the first conversation we had as as a foursome was like about you know a gawker article and then like this person and then this thing that was happening and ricky was like oh my god this is so crazy that i'm meeting the parents but i'm talking about exactly what i would be talking about if i was at dinner with my friends nice mm. yeah that's Which really is nice. really cool. And That's he was very helpful. Super psyched because it made it a lot less nerve wracking. He was like, "Oh, I don't need like parent lingo." Where'd I you go on your like, honeymoon? Did you take we a honeymoon? went to Italy because no one's ever gone there on a honeymoon, and we just oh, that's great. To I wasn't even sure that, that was, was like. an option. Yeah, weirdly, we kind of trailblazed it, and that's we went really to great. Italy on a honeymoon. Maybe more people will start doing that now. Listen, I recommend it. I mean, I know it's controversial. I promise the food is good. Yes, it's really pretty. Um, <laughs> just losing it, crying and laughing. Mi piace l'Italia. Oh no. I don't know. I speak French, ah. which is applicable in like three places. Désolé, désolé. Je ne sais pas pour français. I'll be there next week. What? Oh yeah, going he's to, going to Paris. He's taking his lady France? to France. We. Oui. Is it in honor of Beauty and the Beast? It is. We really just wanted to get as close as we could to to a provincial not. town. Did you think? Did you think some um, local baguettes would increase your sperm? Marie, price? the baguettes. Uh. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you want to start the movie now, we can start. You can hit play, and I will do the movie for you. Was Jerry Orbach in this Beauty and the Beast? Or was <laughs> I he... don't know. No, he's dead. So he couldn't be. His ghost That's, could have been. I His ghost could have been. His ghost could have been. You never know. They could have been like, we don't know when you're going to go, man. What we if... didn't... We're going to need to record this and now. You know, if Jerry Orbach was cool, he would have haunted a candelabra after he died. Uh... Jerry Orbach is cool and probably is haunting a candelabra right now. You think so? Is there yeah. one in this room? No, but I, I do have a Lumiere candelabra from Disneyland in my house. <clears throat> that's one of the things, I, by living in New York, I feel like Normally I'm Normally, that's out a conversation whole, stopper. Thank you. I know. I'm in this whole, like, Disney World, like, it, it wasn't. It was, there was more Disney World coming. I'm so sorry. Um, oh, please. I, I feel fans. like I'm missing out on this whole social hierarchy of ways to go to Disney World. Like, I'm just hearing about these guys. Well, Disneyland is where you want to go. The restaurant. Is that no, where you want to go? It is, Matthew. I mean, I've been to Disney so World when I was little. To us, because we're here. But Disneyland is, is the original. Like, I Disney know. World is... I'm going to Disneyland Paris next week. Oh. Well. May we. Oui. My wife begrudgingly. May pourquoi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, they have different rides. Do you uh, like rides? Yes. I, I like rides. It. I also am like, I just want to see it. Like, it's something since, you know, it's it was one, I've built never in 91, been, okay. 92. I'm such a Disney fan, and I've never been to Disneyland. A, I've been to Disney World. Will you please make me a promise? What's the rest of your day know, like? So Let's go. I have a yearly pass. I have Corden. Do you we, think that'll work time James would love to go. Do <laughs> you want to go what, sing at Disneyland? We can go to the restaurant. They're open until midnight. Uh, you could do Cars Pool Karaoke. You could do karaoke on the Cars ride. Cars Hello, Disney Pixar. God, works. if he was on ABC. Okay, I'm gonna tell you something because I, I I do actually I did. Get I got the, the Katie that you, signal, that you do yeah. have to go, but I do. Uh, we should talk about Get Out. We did well. Get out. We did. You Plus should go we, see it if you haven't seen as it. As you know, as an avid listener, we do the plugs at the top. I know that's <laughs> true. Except he's so positive about everything. I want to really milk his actual love his for actual this love. movie. It'll come across. It's real. It'll come Jordan and, even told me after doing your because he did your podcast he did. on his birthday, right? Yeah, it yeah, was. So cl- that was yeah. the day of our premiere. Yeah, that was the day of the premiere. He let, yeah. he was going to the premiere that yeah, night. Yeah, so we talked about it that night, and he said you really liked it. So I loved I'm here it. to receive that. Information I loved it. He got to come well. to my house, <laughs> yeah. and we did the podcast like right where yeah. I watched the movie. Oh, um, you why you didn't watch it in the theater? You no, should no. see you it in out. the theater you in all out. of your free time. It's there's a lot of cheering. That I know happens. you don't have time. 
but I would love to. The theater experience is really fun, and it's still sold out all the weekend, so you can still have the experience to go to a sold out weekend screening with people. I was so I was so happy when I watched it and it and saw what how people were responding to it online and and because uh, it's you know it's always my favorite thing to see people. I don't know. It's this is this is a narcissistic way to say this, but it it it, it enriches my life to know that. I knew that guy was already talented, and now everyone's going to know that guy's talented. Well, isn't talented. it also interesting to know what was in his brain for all of this time? Like, he just had been thinking about this idea for five years, and the patience to not jump the gun and make it before he was ready to make it, or to, to mm. bring it into the world before it was time for in his life or in the life of the pop culture, you know, consciousness. I mean, we just, we had this conversation, and we were both saying... Uh, we've been picky up until now, and the dumb thing to do now, the easy rookie mistake to make, would be to stop being picky now, and just take whatever juicy, yeah. sexy thing comes next. And we both were like giving each other pep talks to like stay picky, stay, because I'm we're both very protective. We love what we do. We don't want to corrupt it with something that bums us out, and we have to go promote and hate anyway. But I think there are ways to make things, you know, to bring a, a point of view to something that wouldn't otherwise have that point of view. Yeah, I mean, I, th- and that's been happening a little bit with Galaxies, and I'm so, Daniel's in Black Panther, and he's been in Atlanta shooting, and I'm so excited for that. <laughs> that's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Um, and so that's happening, and then the sense of humor and the self-awareness of that these movies are taking on now is definitely fascinating to watch. You yeah. Know? Um, but... We'll see. I still think the, fe- the I still think didn't. the female characters leave a lot to be desired. In the fact that they don't really exist. Yeah, in the fact <laughs> that they don't exist without being in reference to male it's characters. Crazy. They are not standalone people. And so until that happens, I, I find oh, it really hard so to imagine. You have to go because this opens up a whole other. I would love to talk about that, especially because I've been watching uh, Feud, Betty, Betty and Joan. Oh yes, which I haven't started it yet. Is, one of the most spectacular television things. I can't wait. I I've mean, I just, seen. I just, I'm gonna put a boa on and just and a sit lot back of it, a lot it. of it deal, a lot of it deals with that and how, uh, you know, just these iconic women still were having to navigate being manipulated by the men who were in control oh, yeah. of the systems at the time, and and it and it's really a. Uh, and it's so beautifully acted and well done. And that's where I'm so lucky is that because of girls, I got to wait until a character like Rose came along. And that isn't an option that everyone has. Um, but because I was on a show, I had steady work, so I didn't have to take anything. Um, and then I read the script and I met Rose and I was like, Oh, that is who I've been waiting for. That's the person that I need to play. And so I'll just wait till the next one comes along. And if she doesn't, I'll do it myself. So it's the same attitude that Jordan had before get out. And we were both just trying to do our best to bring ourselves back down to earth and to restore to our factory settings so that we wouldn't become in some way corrupted by what all that was buzzing around us. Sure. That's the goal, at least. So but if I pull up in like a Lamborghini, I just feel like <laughs> she lost the plot. <laughs> in a leather zip-up bodysuit. Yeah. Wait, she lives in New York. How did she even drive that here? Yeah. It's this new Concord uh, Lamborghini. I yeah, I don't know why. When you said Lamborghini and I said leather zip-up bodysuit, it was because the, the first thing I thought of was Cannonball Run. Oh, there's nothing wrong I'm sure with you that. Seen. I've heard of it. That's it, but, something. Jackie Chan. But, yes, but there were, there were 
But there were two. There was two of the drivers were two women in a Lamborghini who wore like these leather zip up bodysuits, and they were two of the characters. Again, probably oh, a movie yeah. made for male pleasure because that sounds so uncomfortable. <laughs> it does not well, sound good. They distract at the all. other racers that is unzipping their leather bodysuits. Oh, perfect. That's yeah. our. That, that's a great role for us yeah. to perform as women. Um, that sounds so uncomfortable. It was the seventies. Yeah, it was not from good. Leather. I didn't know from. When is that going to leave our lexicon? I don't know from you. I don't know from leather. I don't know from leather. I don't know. I've known I've him. I've known him from. I know. That's the from... other one. I've known him from seven. I'm like, what is that sentence? <laughs> that's not a Let's sentence. talk about Brad Pitt. He was in the movie Seven. Let's talk about Brad Pitt. That's, Controversially, that's, that's... I think he's uh, handsome and a, a good actor. That's I know crazy. that's really crazy. So get out uh, the final season of Girls. Yes. And then <laughs> anything Sorry. else? Anything else that you want to? Um, uh, Horizons is an organization I'm involved with. I won't. Uh, describe it here. I'm also, but it's for education things in the U.S. and everything. Very quickly, if you look at the ills of our country, no matter what your leanings, it deals with the fact that we're not properly educating all of our students. So look at Horizons. Go to horizonsnational.org. And then, if you don't think people should contract AIDS, uh, Red is a really good organization to back as you well. Got the watch and the iPhone came out today, I believe. Mm-hmm. I yes, I think that is that well. News? No, it, it, it will it's, be it's on Apple's yeah. website. I'm doing a it's day. On Apple's website. Okay, I'm doing oh, a day of press about it on Thursday. As, Great, as April fourth, this aired. Guys, check out her day of red. Yeah, um, and so uh, we need to keep in mind that there are people struggling to stay alive that don't have to because of ARVs. So that's the work that Red does, and those are the two things that I spend most of my extra time. Um, and other than that, my TBD podcast of just me talking. <laughs> we got to come back because I feel like. I, yeah, we will. I mean, come I back. honestly. I'll do an Allison Williams Returns and it'll be a so delight. There's so many. <laughs> she knows the naming fucking Of course tropes. I do. It's amazing. Of course I do. I'm ready. This was just my warm up. I'm honored. I am impressed. And uh, I'm thoroughly I'm a fan. delighted. Thank you so much. It's so good to and, see you. And I am so uh, I'm so happy for Get Out, and I'm so happy to see whatever else you do next. And and Thank it's exciting, you. as sad as it is, it's a very transitional period, and you will have needed to you you have to end this to start the next exactly. wonderful thing that you're going to do. Exactly. And, uh, so we'll see if I completely lose my mind or not. You will not. And we'll all lose see your it mind. together. You're going to keep it all together. All right. With colored pens and yes, keeping exactly. Lists. Um, should we say it at the same time? Okay. Oh, sure. Should we count uh, to three? Do you want to count to three? Sure. Uh, one, two, Wait, three. Wait, are we saying it on three or after? Well, we can after one, three. One, two, three, beat. One, two, three, and then. So it's gotcha. really four. Okay. okay. Uh, one, two, three. Enjoy, Enjoy your burrito. burrito. We did it. Woo! Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast brought to you by Fusion TV's The AV Club. Uh, the AV Club, based on the website, The AV Club, is now going to be a TV show, The AV Club, hosted by John Teddy. It is a weekly deep dive that illuminates all the fun, strange corners of pop culture. The AV Club airs Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on Fusion TV.